Well, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day to you all. Stay calm. You can do it. <laughs> oh, I spent some time this morning writing in my journal like I do most mornings. But this morning, I was contrasting the life of my mom, who many of you know was an alcoholic and very consumed by her own issues and her own problems and her own self-centeredness. And then looking at the life of my wife and the mother of my three great kids and realizing that God has blessed me beyond human comprehension with such a godly wife and such a godly woman and a great mother to our kids. Last year, Denzel Washington addressed a, a graduating class at a college in the U.S. and told a story about his own life. He said, you know, when I was young and started really making it as an actor, I visited home one time and said to my mother, Mom, did you ever think I would make it so big? Did you ever think that Denzel Washington would become a, a, a common term in every household in America? Did you ever think I would become so famous? Mom, I've made it, and now I can take care of everybody, and I can do this, and I can do that. He said, that's when my mama interrupted me, and she said, oh, you, you did it all by yourself, did you? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you can do all by yourself. You can go outside and get a mop and a bucket, and you can wash them their windows, Mr. Superstar. You can do that all by yourself, too. And she said, boy, you stop it right there. If you only knew how many people been praying for you. And Denzel went on to say, man, I can't tell you how many prayer groups she put together and how many prayer talks she gave and how much time my mama spent on her knees praying for my sorry soul. He used a different word, but... Denzel's mother and your mother and every mother in this church has an incredible opportunity to mold and shape the lives that God has put under your care. And as we celebrate Mothers and Mother's Day today, we want to simply affirm the role that moms play in the family, in the church, and ultimately in our community and our society. There are four things that every mother needs to know. Every mom needs to know that she is significant. A mother's worth is not determined by a paycheck or a promotion. She may very well work outside the home and contribute to the family financially. She may be making a, a, a strong impact in the community in which she serves and works, making a difference in her field of expertise, whatever it may be. But she also needs to know that she's extremely important as a mother. And she's making a critical, long-term, if not eternal, difference in the lives of her family. Motherhood is a high and holy calling. And every mother here needs to know that God has given you one of the most important missions on the planet. And my wife is a witness to this. I don't say that just on Mother's Day. 
I really believe that mothers have one of the highest and most holy callings in all of the kingdom. God has entrusted a life to you. If nothing else, think about it like that. If you're a mom, God has entrusted you with a human being, a living, breathing human being who might become another Mother Teresa or, or another Billy Graham. I mean, God has given you incredible responsibility and opportunity. He's delegated responsibility to you as the, one of the primary caregivers. And no one else on the planet, nobody else on the planet can do what you do. You, 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 you have a significant impact on those kids socially, ethically, morally, mentally, spiritually. You impact those kids every day of your life. The Apostle Paul wrote to young Timothy, his protege in the faith, and he said in 2 Timothy 1.5, Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and then your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Three generations of faith. And it all started with Grandma Lois. And then Mama Eunice. And then she had the wherewithal to pass it on to young Timothy. And we're reading about him 2,000 years later. Think about it, ladies. Incredible opportunity. It was back in 1990 when then First Lady Barbara Bush spoke to a group of young women, young 20-somethings. And she said, at the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed one more exam, not winning one more verdict, or not closing one more deal. But you will regret times not spent with your husband and your children. Mom, every minute, every hour that you spend investing in your children is not time wasted. Never a moment is wasted. You're significant in their lives and in the life of our church. Secondly, every mom needs to know who she is. The world is happy to sell you a bill of goods about who you are and try to convince you that you, you are someone that you're not. In a book titled, What Every Mom Needs, the authors write this. Whether we're 12 or 20, 32 or 47, we keep asking ourselves, who am I? <laughs> Some of you are asking that this morning. Who am I? In some stages of life, they go on to say, we embrace the question willingly and engage in a mental wrestling match until we reach a satisfying answer to the question, who am I? But for a mother, the question can seem a bit threatening. All tangled up with our roles and responsibilities, the answer is elusive. I mean, when our children are very young, our identity is, is pretty much wrapped up in their needs and their desires and their wishes. 
And uh, it can be all-consuming, right, Mom? It can be all-consuming. But as children grow and develop, um, their maturing process has an impact on moms and dads, too. And, and we keep asking ourselves, well, who am I now? You know, at, at, at age 6 and 12 and 22, the, the roles as mother and father change. We, we, we make an adaptation to, to, to our kids. But again, still wrapped up in the lives of our children. Parents experience a series of identity crises as the kids grow older, don't they? Sure they do. Claire and her mother were struggling to find their new roles. I'm 19, mother. I'm not a little girl anymore. I know that, dear, but you're still my daughter, and I'm responsible for you. Sound familiar? No, you're not. You're not responsible for me. You're my mother, not my caretaker. And so moms are constantly trying to find who they are in the midst of the needs and demands and opportunities of their children. And and mom is forced to find her identity over and over and over again. Letting go of your children at any age or any stage and allowing them to grow up can be difficult. It can be challenging. It was just two years ago when I walked my baby girl down the aisle. Well, she was 25. I mean, it's time to... It's time to fold them and let them go. 25, she's 25, she's old enough. But I had a really hard time letting her go. She's my baby. That was two years ago, and my wife says, you're still having a hard time letting her go. It's probably true. But changing roles, right? You, as a mother, you need to, to connect with and communicate with and correspond with your your children who are 25 differently than when they were five. I would hope. (laughs) But it also has an impact on who we are as parents. Who am I now? Who am I now? And and like I said a moment ago, the world is, is eager to tell you that you are what you do. You are what you accomplish. You are how you perform. You are who we say you are. You are what you produce. You are the sum of your parts. But the Bible says, man, you are a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, that's who you are. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a daughter of the King. Walk like it, talk like it, act like it, believe like it. Ephesians 1 tells me that every mom in the place, every woman here is blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And you're chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world and you're you're predestined in love and, and you are adopted into God's forever family and you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and you are forgiven for all your sins and trespasses. So you are not your children, right? And you are not your mother. You are not your best friend or your sister or your brother. You are who God has created you to be, unique and special and one of a kind. Thank God for mothers.
I also think that every mother needs to know that she's shaping a legacy. One day at a time, mom, you are molding a legacy in your family. You're shaping lives. You're building a future for your children and their children and for your grandchildren's grandchildren. That's how far your impact goes. Your legacy, your heritage, your tradition is something that you pass down from your children from one day to the next and one generation to the next as they grow up. It, it may include a financial inheritance, although that's less and less likely <laughs> as the days go by. <laughs> it may be a family tradition that you hand down. It may be a, a good name or a reputation. My wife and I just spent a couple days away for, for my birthday and partly for Mother's Day, and we were in Frankenmuth, Michigan. And uh, as one of the story goes, the Zender family used to own so much property that they actually had to break up the company and, and diversify. They, they wouldn't let them. That, that name, Zender, everybody knows a Zender in Frankenmuth. Everybody. It's a legacy of, of some sort. And that's what I'm talking about. You, you will pass down a legacy of some sort to your family, whether you think about it or not. Whether you're aware of it or not, you will shape the legacy of your family. And a moment ago, I, I contrasted the, the legacy that was handed down to me by my, by my mother and the legacy that my wife is handing down to our children and our grandchildren. Worlds apart. Worlds apart. So, so what kind of legacy are you handing down, moms? What will your legacy be? I hope and pray that it is a Christ-centered legacy that you're shaping in the lives of your kids. The Bible urges us to live a life that can be imitated by our children and our grandchildren. J j just have a look at a few of these promises from the Word of God. Psalm 112 says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord! and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Wow. Should we pronounce the benediction now and just go home? Like, isn't that enough? Powerful word, isn't it? And because of her determination to leave a godly legacy, the woman of Proverbs 31 receives this reward. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 is all about legacy too. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Moms, he says, you, you've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So moms, you're shaping a legacy in the lives of your kids, whether you know it or not. You're shaping the lives and, and future of your grandchildren and, and the grandchildren of your grandchildren. So pay close attention to how you live, Paul says. Pay close attention. Be strong in grace because you're actually teaching these little ones day by day, uh, week by week. We, we don't spend as much time with our grandchildren as we'd like to, but it's so funny to hear my granddaughter 
go around the house and when she, she does something or drops something, oopsie, oopsie, she says. You know who says that often? Her grandmother. Oopsie, oopsie, oopsie. It, it's, it's hilarious, but at the same time, it's an illustration of how quickly and how deeply our children mimic us or imitate us or follow us And so what kind of example are we setting for them? Moms, dads, do do the little ones see you ever reading the Bible? Do they watch you worship? The songs that you sing, the music that you have on in in the car, etc., etc., etc. What kind of example are you setting for them? Pay close attention to how you live your life. And last but not least... Every mother needs to know that she is loved by God. A few years ago, I, I sent an email to some moms, some friends of mine, and just asked them for help in shaping my, my Mother's Day message that year and asked for what, what's the best advice that you could give a new mother. Over and over again, these friends stated that and restated that the love of God is, is a lifeline that every mother clings to. Every Christian mother clings to the, the, the love of God in the midst of all the challenges of being a mother. Over and over again, they said the same thing. One of them said, every mom needs to know that God is right there beside her and that he's there for the long haul. Well, that's undergirded by the scripture, isn't it? Hebrews says... I, Quoting Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God is always there. He's right there beside you. And all of the challenges and turmoil of Monday mornings at at 7.30 when Susie will not eat her Cheerios and she's due for the bus in five minutes. I will never leave you nor forsake you. (laughs) Another said, every woman needs to know that God loves her unconditionally. So much of what we see in relationships today depends on the acceptance of others. It's so reassuring to know that God, in His infinite ability, loves me just the way I am. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And to support that, another promise from Scripture. Psalm 103, verse 17. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. His love remains. Even when you lose a little bit of your sanctification, get angry with the kids. (laughs) Would you shut up and eat your Cheerios? The bus is going to be here in two minutes. Stay calm. The Lord's love, the steadfast love of the Lord, is from everlasting to everlasting. Yet another woman put it this way, every mother needs to know that nothing, nothing in this life is more important than having a right relationship with God. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are but He loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to keep changing you and conforming you 
shaping you into the image of His Son. And that's all good. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, yes, every mother needs to know that she is unconditionally loved by God. And armed with that knowledge and armed with that strong conviction, then she can face just about any challenge that comes her way because Jesus has faced that challenge ahead of you. He's gone before you. He's faced whatever you're facing. He's been tempted with every temptation that you've been tempted and yet without sin. So he gets it. He understands. And you can run to him any time of the day or night or when the kids are sick again and they're screaming upstairs and you don't know what's wrong with them. You can run to the Father. Because he knows. He's already faced that for you and with you. He's the author and pioneer of our faith. And moms, you can do this. You can do it only because Jesus has gone before you and only because Jesus faced any and every enemy on your behalf. He's already won the war. You can do this, moms, only because you are in Christ and only because Christ is in you. Strike out on your own, try to do it in your own strength, and you will fall flat on your sorry soul. You can do this, moms. And our church stands with you. Uh, Your family stands with you. Uh, We're here for you. We believe that God will equip you. In just a moment, I'm I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to sing a closing song. uh, And then we're going to give you an opportunity, if you would like, for someone to pray for you. We have a number of of women who are prepared this morning, spiritually prepared and, and prepared in every other way, just to spend some time praying over you and praying with you. If you have a burden that's too great to bear, and on a day like today, uh, there are many that do, we would like you to just come. There will be uh, some here and some over there, maybe some in front, who are ready to pray with you and, 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 and help you in any way they can. So if you have a heavy burden this morning, don't leave with it. Don't, don't carry it out of this place. Let our, let our gals, let our women, uh, who would probably like to be prayed over themselves, let them pray with you and, and pray over you and just entrust whatever your, your heart burden is, your Let them trust God with you. So we trade these ashes in for beauty. Right? And we wear forgiveness like a crown. Proudly. Humbly. With thanksgiving to God. We lay every burden down at the foot of the cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the women in our lives, for grandmothers and mothers and aunts and sisters and friends. And Lord, each one of them is a special creation of God and a wonderful gift to us. Many of them model the love of Christ to us each and every day, and we thank you for that, Lord. We pray for the women in our church family, every woman here this morning, 
we, we pray also for the women in our midst who will become mothers one day according to your, your schedule and your timetable. Lord, the, the, the woman who accepts the challenge of becoming a mother needs to know your power and your grace. So please provide everything they need to follow you faithfully. Please give the mothers and grandmothers here today an, an extra portion, a double portion of your energy and stamina, flexibility and determination. Lord, give them discernment and wisdom to go along with this high and holy calling of being a mother or grandmother. And of course, of course, Mother's Day is a difficult day for many in our church family and many in our community. It's a painful day for every woman who wants to be a mom, but for some reason that hasn't happened, at least not yet. And while they rejoice with others who have children, they also grieve because they've not yet had that opportunity themselves. And, and perhaps they will never know it. Would you please draw close to them right now, Lord? We pray also for the moms who have lost a child in pregnancy, either by choice or by circumstance. And Lord, only you know the depth of their pain and their sorrow on a day like this. And so we run to you as our Father, a Father who understands these women and their sorrows. And we pray also for those who are separated from mothers, their mothers because of conflict or misunderstanding or, or simply because of distance. Oh, that your forgiveness and healing would flow in, in both directions, Father. We lift up those around us today whose mother has been stung by death. Mother's Day will never be the same for some because mom is no longer here to celebrate with us. Lord, you're the God of compassion. And we pray this morning that you would pour out your love and kindness and healing on everyone here who's missing their mother today. Lord Jesus, you are a mighty God. And we throw ourselves at your feet today. Lord, we really have nowhere else to go. There's no place we'd rather be than standing at the foot of the cross. Because you alone are mighty to save and, and heal and restore. You're the one who brings forgiveness and erases regret and fills our hearts with joy. You are mighty to save. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.